Welcome to the Coming Clean Project, the All Things Environmental Toxins podcast, providing you solutions for cleaner living. We are joined by free thinkers, mavericks, trailblazers, and irreverent nonconformists that are all unapologetically putting their finger in the air to the status quo, all in the spirit of changing the world for the cleaner. This is Jacqueline Bowen, Executive Director of the advocacy organization Clean Label Project, food and consumer product systems engineer, and professional buzzkill at dinner parties. With me is my co-host, Oliver Andrup Chambi, co-founder and CEO of the Danish nutrition company, Puri, a pioneer of third-party toxin testing and genuine health hipster. Hi there. Hi, Jackie. Oliver, hi. How Good. are you today? I am, I'm doing very well, even though we are talking about a subject that I think is a little bit interesting and unknown and also a little bit scary to a lot of people. So I'm I'm frankly overwhelmed about this topic because I don't know what to do and I frankly like solutions but there aren't very many on this topic. But hopefully we can we can dig out some solutions uh, during this or somebody will air some solution afterwards but but yes, you know, we're going to talk about PFAS today or the forever chemical as it's also known as. So type of horrible chemical we've used for a lot of different things and now we're seeing it in our food chain and in our bodies and that's not where it was meant to go. Um let's just say it like that. So I think before we jump in Jackie should can you just kind of explain what is PFAS? So it, now in no way Oliver am I a PFAS expert but I know I know a little bit. So PFAS it stands for polyfluoroalkali substances. What does this word mean? I'm so um, glad you didn't ask me to pronounce that by oh the way. Oh my gosh, I know. Uh, I know. Dude, trust me, I had to like write it down make sure I was able to able to spit that one out. But um so basically the issue with it is that it's this chemical that was created and you can't get rid of it with water or with oil. So it's what's referred to as a forever chemical. Like literally, you can't get rid of it. Once it's created, it is there. And it's been causing issues of like, there's links to it with cancer in both humans as well as animals. And it was originally kind of this chemical that was created go figure to help in different types of like firefighting situations. Um, but the issue is it's found its way into the water, into the groundwater. And actually I read a study here in the U S that literally rainwater, all rainwater now is contaminated with PFAS. The wow. issue yeah. is that now that this chemical has been created, now that we're finding that it's wreaking havoc on both in, on the environment and public health, people are trying to figure out ways. Well, how do you actually get rid of this stuff? So, so you say what, so you, you say they come from, from firefighting foam or something like that, but, but where they come from? And I feel like we've heard that they're in, you know, everything from, uh, the takeaway, uh, pizza trays to, you know, even sp sprayed on, uh, uh, the craziest thing I heard was like, they use it on, uh, you know, strollers and stuff like that. So, you know, like, uh, the stroller won't catch fire as easily or, or whatnot, which hopefully doesn't happen that often. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just this, this crazy class of literally hundreds of chemicals with many different properties. Um, it's just one to make it so that it was kind of like, I, that it couldn't be kind of damaged, but in the process of doing so, it's one where you, it's just around for forever. And uh, I think that's what makes this chemical so particularly difficult. Is it something that was absolutely approved? 
you know, by the government, which calls it, you know, it's at least here in the States, which calls it a question, a separate topic, which would be, you know, what kind of studies are actually provided before something is deemed allowed and safe? Because obviously now we're seeing some of the repercussions of those decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one where, at least for me, and within Clean Label Project, we're trying to figure out, well, how what is it that we can actively do and serve as a champion within the food industry to how to like at least at a minimum minimize the introduction of these chemicals into the food supply like we talked about it's in the water it's in the soil therefore it's the the propensity to be absorbed by plants is absolutely there the propensity to be there within the water used in manufacturing is there um you know i would say if there's something that would be good news about this is that there is regulation that's starting to be developed so for example state of california next year is going to start regulating the max amount of different types of pfos contaminants within um within food and consumer products, which is great. Um, At the same time, I'll say one of the complexities with it is the testing piece of it. So there are a few laboratories that already have uh, accredited methods, so methods that have been deemed reliable and accurate to be able to determine the presence of PFAS. Here's the issue, is that it is the only have that ability in certain types of matrices. So what do I mean when I'm talking about a matrix? So basically, when you're talking about food products, you can have a food product that is high in protein, another one that's high in fat, another one that's based on water, another one that's highly complex and refined, like a dietary supplement. And so with these different laboratories that have figured out how to test for this wide class of, you know, PFOS, these fluorine substances, um, do they have that ability within all types of products? And, and the answer to that is no, but they have it in some, and that's a good place to start. So for us at Clean Label Project, working in things around dietary supplements, baby food, we've incorporated this PFOS, this new California PFOS standard into the into our expectations within our standards. And hopefully, and on a case-by-case basis, we'll be able to determine, is there the laboratory competency within these different types of complex products to be able to test for that, to to play our part in making sure that the food that Clean Label Project at least is certifying is, uh, you know, is doing its best to minimize the consumer risk and exposure to these types of chemicals. Very interesting and, and and scary at the same time. So when you when you talk testing, you talk testing in like the environment that we have, you know, food, uh, water, you know, all the different things. What's what about the testing of people kind of to map out like uh, how much are we seeing actually? Oh yeah, uh, that's a great question. You know, I, I, that's a really that's a great question, but also a scary one. I'm not exactly sure how right now how people go about getting tested for PFAS. So I would say for our listeners, if you're concerned, talk to your doctor here in the states. I'm not sure of the capability, but again, I will say this at least based on the studies that I've read. If it's in the groundwater. And it's in the soil and it's in literally, you know, now all rainwater, we are going to have it in our system. So the the repercussions of that, like I had mentioned, it's one where they're seeing where there are links to um, different types of cancers in both humans as well as animals. So Oliver, like that, at least that's what we're hearing on this side of the pond. What Mm -hmm. about you? 
Yeah, no. So we, we're starting to hear about PFAS in, in a lot of different places. I think it started out what we heard here in Denmark was uh, we had like a an area close to firefighting station uh, where they again uh, used uh, these uh, PFAS in, in the phone to tr- take out fires. Fires. And again, I, I also want to say to that, I think when when we created these chemicals, a company that created these chemicals for, for various people, they were to solve the need. I, I really just don't think we thought about the long-term consequences of what this would actually mm. do. So I think, again, we don't think uh, uh, it's not like bad people. We tried this. We put it in. We know it was bad. Hopefully we won't like figure it out what's going on. At least that's how I, yeah. I hope, hope the world is uh, for most of the time. Um, but what ended up happening here and, and the story we we started to to break here in in, in Denmark for least uh, was that um, you know they they were seeing that this was used in the, the firefighting stations around and then there was a certain area where the numbers were like I think it was like thousand times what it was supposed to be wow. uh, in uh, in yeah. like it, it was found in in meat in different products and it ended up being that the cow was grassing on this field that was very yes, close sure. to uh, the firefighting station which. You know, yeah. it, it it went down through the soil, up through the grass again. The cow yes. was drinking the water, grassing it. Shows up, you know, and yes, it showed up. People was was eating it at home, and I think again, it could be a cow. Don't blame the cow. It could have been probably any other crop, <laughs> like a carrot or whatnot. But uh, it ended up there, and 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 these people, you know, a lot of people were starting to get cancer, and and they're told like the the amount of PFAS they had in their body was so insane that they were like uh, being told you, you might not have my, more than five years left and your kids won't do this. And the, wow. it was a horrible story of a little community. And then they, that obviously started an investigation and they found out that pretty much all over Denmark around firefighting station, they found PFAS uh, uh, and it was used. So it was kind of removed, obviously. Uh, but uh, now they were starting to look into water drillings and so on. And, you know, a lot of water drillings were, were finding PFAS and so that's just one route. I'm sure there's other routes of how this is coming in and, and how we're seeing it, but that was pretty scary. And that's not more than a year ago. I think these stories yeah. start to break. Oh, that um, is scary. In in our neighbor country, Sweden, here in uh, in in Nordics, I read that the um, uh, the Nature Protection Association in Sweden they were they were actually estimating that more than two million Swedish people out of a population of ten, so twenty percent of the people. Uh, have uh, higher than EFSA, the European Food Safety uh, Authorities would recommend in their drinking water at home. And yeah. I, I was actually in Sweden the other day for a meeting and talking with some of the people and, and sharing that and none of them knew. So this is kind of, again, it's flying a little bit under the radar sometimes. Well, uh, it, it's like it's flying under the radar. And I think it's because they're literally, it's in everything. And like we talked about at the beginning, it's like, I have yet to hear like solutions on how people are getting rid of it. Like, have you heard of anything related to that? No, unfortunately. Um, I'd like. Are no. you going to say, Oliver, we have nothing but bad news to say on this podcast today? Uh, no, then we should stop. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> we, we, we got to, we got to find some good news, but I think uh, again, putting attention is one thing and yeah, getting a test, uh, uh, like getting, like we always say, never accept not knowing. So if, if, if you can, and if you have certain food products that you're consuming on a, on a large base, maybe ask the brands or the people yeah, behind. Yeah, we can like kick it GI Joe style and say knowing like, is half the battle. I like Knowing that. is half the battle. And, and I, I sincerely believe it is. And that's what Clean Label Project is all about, right? So 
Um, and and right now, uh, from from our perspective at Puri, uh, obviously we we test for a lot of these different you know environmental toxins that you do not want in your food supplements. But uh, this is definitely one we've been looking at for the last year of incorporating. But back to what you're saying, uh, as well on the testing piece, it's still not as easy to test. So we hope that by you know uh, end of 2022, we'll probably add that to the products where it makes sense. And yeah. when we say the products to where it makes sense, you know. Know, obviously PFAS is not in the news you know let's just test everything and 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 everybody you know but that's that's not really yeah you know the the most viable solution long term either right so that would be a little bit of clean washing i would say so so we're trying to map out where's the risk of contamination of these in yes. our products and those are the ones where we will add it to that test panel that you carry out for us uh, uh, so that the consumer can always use the QR code scan their product see if there's something yep. unwanted in the product yeah, that that and again that's not industry standard but it ought to be right. Like, let's yeah, just make that that's true. You know, it's about voluntarily choosing to think about it just because like we talk about, it's, we're just starting to see the tip of different really? regulations around PFAS, but along those same lines, just like we've talked about before, there currently aren't currently aren't any regs on the books and the max amounts of heavy metals that are allowed in even things like baby foods. No. So along those lines, if you're talking about a new chemical like PFAS, just on the periphery of it's... awareness and figuring out the extent of the contamination you know, in terms of federal regulation getting in place, it's not something that's happening happening soon enough. So again, it's a matter of kind of brands thinking about food safety differently, aligning their safety expectations with what consumers want, mm-hmm. and then sourcing ingredients accordingly. So and- yeah, no, Oliver, I appreciate obviously talking about this really important topic. And, you know, hopefully this can be another one where we can, next time we talk about it, we can talk more about solutions. Yeah, for sure. We have to. So, but, but yeah, definitely good news is, something is happening right we also we we saw over here that i think it was in july the european chemical agency they 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 passed a restriction proposal uh which is kind of the first step towards a, a european ban of pfas um and i think that restriction was more than 6000 different substances i know that they've also passed a ban on on like 500 but again that's only a fraction of what's out there uh, and that ban and and here's the the scary part that ban doesn't take into effect until like end of 23 and, and so let's see we wait for a restriction proposal then that goes into a ban you know maybe are we out you probably know that better and then it's regulation. gonna take it's gonna take kind of years before that it actually starts doing something and then meanwhile this all this entire while it continues the contamination continues the contamination continues hopefully again the people who are aware the people who kind of have an idea of where that this is being used and where it's caught but could you actually on that note just to give our, our listeners a little bit more what other areas could be high risk of contamination from PFAS it's like I've heard the, the pizza trays the the, the non yeah, it's like, yeah, I've heard things yeah. around like the different types of containers and things like mm-hmm. that. And we've talked about that before with phthalates as well as BPA mm-hmm. that is in packaging containers, sure. But like we had mentioned, it's also the one where it's the risk coming from water that's used. It's the, you know, I think when you had mentioned just thinking about the um, different types of you know, dynamics of of plants. We know that certain plants do a better job of sucking up certain types of heavy metals. Likewise, it'll be interesting if there's certain types of plants that are more effective at sucking up PFAS from the soil. I don't think we know the answer to that yet. So um, I think hopefully time will tell as more information comes out. 
Check. Yeah. Because that would be an interesting, and that is actually a solution, right? Like using plants as part of, if you have a bioremediation is the, is kind of the science and the art form, right? Of using it to, to clean up the soil. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And like I saw another, uh, uh, it was around like factories in Belgium when I was looking into this a little bit where they were, they were actively having to like scrap like meters of soil or like oh my uh, many feet of soil away from an area around a factory because that area was like they, they had used PFAS in production and nobody know, but there was like tons of more than 5,000 families around in the area. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, so. along those lines, though, I mean, if we're trying to think of different, you know, solutions, and obviously, Oliver, both of us are are far removed from knowing the answer to this complex, this pre- complex problem. But for example, um, the hemp plant, uh, the mm-hmm. hemp plant is a natural bioremediator. It means it's a garbage collector from the soil. And uh, hemp does a really good job of sucking up heavy metals, which is why it's always like a warning for anybody that um, really likes the likes using CBD for uh, anti-inflammatory properties, sleeping, anti-anxiety, those types of things, because hemp is this natural bioaccumulator of heavy metals. You've got to make sure to always do your diligence when it comes to it. Make but along sure the same lines- tested by Clean Naple Project or something right. similar that tested products. Yeah. Okay. That's right. And so yeah. when it comes to heavy metals and heavy metal contamination, it's interesting enough that um, different types of military installations will plant hemp because of its ability to clean up the soils. So potentially maybe that's a another means of um how science can be utilized to help fix the problem at least when it comes to the soil situation. Very interesting and I uh, yeah yeah it's good that there is somebody out there and the more again attention this will get the more there will be great entrepreneurs and different people who want to you know try to fix this right and make it better for us. So but in the meanwhile as Jackie said earlier if you're in doubt you know, see if you can go to a local doctor or, you know, the lab you work with. And if they actually do PFAS testing, the best way to find out if you're actually exposed, like we did in another episode on, on, on my blood work on the heavy metals. So, you know, luckily I was not too exposed. So I can continue on my dark chocolate pinching over here. And, um, but, uh, like do so if you're in doubt, if you're, you're scared about it, worried about it, don't walk around and be worried about something you don't know and can't control. Rather see if you can get Absolutely. a test. And like, this is not, shouldn't be like a scare program, but more of like an awareness and educational side of it. And then Jackie and I will see if we can come in on on some solutions. But unfortunately, the different solutions I've heard of getting rid of it has been, you know, heating something to a very high temperature, which the human body will not allow you to. So it's, uh, uh, (laughs) you'll vaporize. You maybe get rid of the PFAS, Mm. but uh, it doesn't work. No. Yeah. Hmm. No. Anything else uh, in uh, regards to PFAS uh, that we need to touch on? Um, I, I don't think so, Oliver. I think we covered off a, a lot of territory here. But as always, great talking to you about such an important topic. Likewise. So, yeah. See you out there. <laughs> Sounds good. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by the Coming Clean Project, the All Things Environmental Toxins podcast, providing you solutions for cleaner living. For more information on the Coming Clean Project, please visit us at comingcleanproject.org.